Hello and welcome back to the Pilgrims Podcast. My name's Archie and joining me today is Mark Lovell, Chris Allen, Tom Kirk and Alex Hind. Alex, long time no see. It's great to have you back with us, albeit at 5am. That's a commitment. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's um, Life is something that happens when you're trying to watch Plymouth Argyle, right? <laughs> yeah, a lot has happened. I think it's been quite a few weeks since we've had you on. Um, yeah, look, it feels like deja vu, Alex. A lot's happened, but at the same time, we could probably copy and paste last time's pod into this one. A lot of praise from the opposition fans. We played well, best team we've seen all season, but we lost again. Tom, it's getting tiring, isn't it, to listen to that? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I think we've made the point that it's got to change, and we've made the point also uh, last week that West Bromwich Albion, even even more so now, is looking like a missed opportunity because we've got to get points at some point. The away form is... Uh, not very much fruit in terms of points on the board, albeit yesterday was um, was was really good. I'm trying to separate that the two issues, Archie. Um, mm. Front foot very early on yesterday tried to win the game. Knew that trying to defend and cling on to a point against a team that you know that's beaten everybody and averages so many goals was not a good idea. So front foot play to strengths, tried to win the game, and and that yielded what everybody hoped it would. The guys who sit here like me and go, attack, 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 play to our strengths. And then, you know, that could have happened and we lost 5-0 and it just reflects how little I know about football. But it, it showed that, you know, us as fans, what we're seeing, what we want to see from our team, we can do that, yeah? Yeah, the things we've talked about, imposter syndrome and all that kind of stuff. It, it felt that yesterday was a really good case for all the things that a lot of the fans have been saying. And that was good to see, albeit no points. Yes. Yeah, Mark, I mean, I'm saying it's similar, but, you know, I would I would rank that really up there in terms of our performances this season. A lot better than Sheffield Wednesday, consider, considerably better than uh, West Brom away. What were your feelings walking away from that? Well, like I said before, it was a free hit and we performed exceptionally especially in the first half. We'll have to talk about the penalty decision or, you know, the potential red card at some stage. If that goes in our favour, if the ref's not a homer and completely guessing, the game might have turned out differently. Um, but, yeah, as has been mentioned before, we've had a lot of hard luck stories uh, this season. We did deserve better. We could have been easily 2-0 up just before half time. However, it gets you nothing. And uh, it it's a bit frustrating, isn't it? Well, let's talk about it. Elephant in the room. 44th minute, I believe. Or close to it. Mustafa Bundu is closing down on goal. Almost one-on-one. -on -one. He gets slide down. Nothing is given. Chris, what were your thoughts on it? Penalty, free kick, red, yellow? I think referees' decisions even out over time. Um, I'm not a big proponent of VAR. In fact, I despise it. So there's a part of me that says, if you're going to stick to that principle, you've got to accept that referees may make bad decisions. I, I, years ago, when we were really rubbish, almost every week, just for fun, I'd post shit refs 
on my Twitter account because the amount of people that were blaming the referees. I don't think it's the referees' fault. It was not the best decision. I, there's, there's a couple of angles of it that you think, ooh, ooh. but the more I watch it, the more I think it was a foul. But I don't think it's ever a good thing. Maybe this is the dad in me, but don't blame Poss- the referees. Possibly. Alex, at 5am, how are you feeling about it? Particularly peeved? Uh, it's one of those ones where when you're watching the game and you're in the heat of the moment and you, uh, you're you all excited and you're jumping around screaming for a penalty or, or red cards or whatever. Definitely, definitely not a red card. There are two other players who are going to cover and, and, and come mm. through. So so let's, let's get rid of that notion that there could have been a red card there. I think Shuey kind of talked about it a little bit. But for me, there's no red card there. And kind of backing up what Chris says, it's one of those ones, if I have to watch it back four times from three angles in slow motion, then I'm going to give the referee a break. If I watch it straight away and I'm like, absolute penalty, what's he doing? Then fair enough. But I wasn't sure having seen it a couple of times and having to slow it right down. And I just think when you have to do that, you're sort of clutching at straws a bit. Would have been nice. Should it have been given technically? Possibly, yes, there was contact. He was already on his way down as well, which is what I think stopped the referee from giving him the penalty. But as I say, sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. We didn't get that one frustrating move on. There was still plenty in the game for us after that to to have got a result. The referee's guessing, Alex, is, and it's just before halftime. I like to think we would have got that decision if it was nil-nil. It's the sort of decision we would have got at home park with with 15,000 Argo fans baying for a penalty. You don't get them away from home as much with a, this sort of homer referee. Um, he's totally guessing and he didn't go in our favour. But this, that's, not, this, that's, this, not, this, that's not why we lost the game, though. That, that yeah. penalty decision, everyone's focusing it, on that. That is not why we lost the game. I think Did there's I two sides that? to it. There's two sides to it to me. It obviously massively affects the game. A, if he gives a penalty, right? Which again is debatable, could have been outside. So yes, that affects the game. But the other side of it is, does that mean we had brilliant referees all last season? No, it's just if you're scoring more goals, a bad decision impacts the game a lot less. And I think, again, if we keep comparing how far we've come, I think we're better than saying it was all the referees' fault. Yeah, this is the sort of thing. Maybe we had more rubber the green last season. We're we're struggling a little bit with things going in our favour, getting the decisions in our favour. We have to make our own luck more. But this was typical of how the situ- uh, season's going, and then compounded with a couple of key injuries, which we'll talk about later. Tom, you're unusually quiet and calm on this. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, look, on the basis it's not a red card, which I'm not with Alex on, I'm not decided. I was at the time because his defender's coming back, but actually he's far more advanced than the uh, gantry angle shows. So that's the key. It's a clear foul. Um, I, I do hear what Chris is saying that, you know, ref hard job and that that's not new, that referees make poor decisions. It's, it is frustrating when all the away fans say it's a penalty, the majority of home fans say it's a penalty, but the man in the middle can't see it. So that it is an outlier. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. It's it's a foul. Um, is it in the box? Dunno. Um, the red card would have been, whether it was a red card or not, would have influenced the game. 
even if we even if it's not and we score a goal or we prevent them scoring a goal, we go in at half time, they get a rocket up the backside that come out, they might score five goals. It, but it undoubtedly would have been a lot better to be playing against ten men. I don't know. There's two if buts and maybes. The the fact that the referee's judgment was so off that it couldn't see it as a foul bother me. Yes, he's guessing, like Mark says, but you, you can't have a situation where the referee has to guess in the defending team's favour if he's 60 yards away. It can't be that black and white. Um, but there is a, you know, it's halfway through a game. It's frustrating not getting a luck. But like Alex alludes to, there's there's a lot more going on in the game. I'm actually, just to correct my, check myself, Archie, on that point, we played very well with 10 men. Yeah, well, to look, you know, 60 seconds later... Ipswich score, which to me is possibly the most important bit regarding that Bundu foul or lack of foul given that they got the other end and score pretty much straight away. And that does have an effect. And I would agree with Alex that, you know, a yellow card, a free kick in itself doesn't change the game. But what comes later, that knock-on effect arguably does. However, they didn't score, did they? Bali Mumba tapped the ball in from whatever it was, two yards in. And it was a bizarre, bizarre own goal. Would you not say, Chris? Maybe I'm feeling magnanimous today. But again, like, I mean, it was ridiculous. But shit happens. It wasn't... It was, it was, a, it was a freak own goal in the same way that sometimes you score freak goals. Um, you know, it... That, to me is more summing up the challenges we've got this season. Because whether deliberate or not, we do have a habit of shooting ourselves in the foot. When, mm. you know, we've got advantage and we don't capitalise on it. But again, I, what what disappointed me about it was that I kind of hoped that he'd come out in the second half like a man possessed of having done that. But I think the way he plays on the pitch limits him. But... Similar theory, like if you if you pick up too much on individual errors, it all gets a bit miserable. But yeah, I mean, at the time it was just, especially if you watch the players around him, like mm. the, like Cooper's got smack, and there yeah, is that yeah. kind of we we played so well, we've defended so well. What just happened? I was um, very forgiving at the time as well because you know I'm, I'm with you, Chris, hundred percent, and. Errors happen, although we're seen to be racking up a lot of them. I rewatched it and thought the decision making on why to even go for it or be in that zone was odd. If I'm being honest, um, I'm, I'm more disappointed with Barley having watched it back again this morning because there's almost no danger. Actually, the danger's passed. Um, one for Alex. I'm seeing you for a while, Alex. Um, where is is it time to ask whether Barley's had a good start or not? To the season, it. I think it's really hard because we've all seen some of these players last season. We've got the core. The core of the squad isn't that unchanged, and a lot of the time we're making decisions based on what we saw of them last season. And as I've said before, and I think other people have said before, comparing League One or ninety percent of League One in this division, it's like comparing apples and oranges. So it's really hard. I think we almost have to. We, we almost have to say with Bali, we know there's a good player there. There's a good player who needs to learn a lot there, especially when he's in his own half and in his own box. We also need, we, we almost needed to kind of wipe the memory from, from the start of the season and start our judgment from day one of this season, I think. Um, 
it's easy to forget that we are still relatively early in this season. Um, his first season really playing championship football. So has he... The other thing, the other thing that he suffers from, of course, is that Morgan Whitaker, the other million-pound player who he kind of almost comes as a pair with, has been absolutely outstanding. Could could Barley have been better? Possibly. I'll tell you what, it could have been a whole lot worse as well. I'm, hmm. I, I'm not going to sit here and say he's had a good season, start to the season. He's had a bad start to the season. I think he's done all right. I think he's done fine. Hmm. I, I could, could have done better. Could have done worse. He definitely didn't has... need yesterday, did he? He definitely didn't need an own goal. At Ipswich, at Portman Road, that was not. Well, that's just the order. universe balancing itself out after his absolute screamer last year. Yeah, um, but going back to the goal, there's two things with him. One, why is he going for it in the first place? And second of all, if you are going to go for it, don't kick it in the goal. <laughs> just before, just before that, Adam Randell, the, the ball's come across to Adam Randell, and he's just sort of bent over, and it's bounced off his head right back into the danger zone. That's almost as much of a fatal error as as what what Bali ended up doing, but because of the because of how the goal went in, we, we sort of didn't see that. But I thought actually from Adam, who's usually Mister Reliable a lot of the time, I, I thought he perhaps could have done better with that ball coming across to him because it was it had gone past everybody, it was going through, and then he just sort of puts his head there and it just puts it straight back into the middle into the danger zone. So again, corners, Ooh, shudder. Just to just to clarify on that, I I don't think Barley's had a bad start either. I, it was more for a conversation starter, but I'm starting to see some noise. Um, I'm with Archie though. I think yesterday wasn't particularly good. Um, I think uh, Millwall wasn't great, and we took Whitaker off, and he, but he did okay against Swansea and um, and get, did get taken off. So that was a bit odd. And I think we forget the good things he has done. He, he scored a wonder goal immediately, didn't he? First game of the season, and I think we've just got in our minds that he was championship ready because he was amazing last season. We bought him for a million quid, probably surprised we got him. He scores a one, the goal game one. We assume he's championship ready. And so our expectation is that actually he's underperforming, but like, you know, the guy said, he's young, he's 21. He's got to learn. He's been playing in a couple of different positions this year. And actually I think he's done well in like that Norwich game and the Swansea game where he's playing in his, you know, wing back role, which he's more used to. So, yeah, he's not getting the units that Morgan Whitaker's getting, but, you know, he's been playing out position. I, I think it's more complex. I think of that whole game, actually, away from home, he's superb. And a lot of away fans, yeah. again, comment on how Barley runs the show. I think Hull and Preston, Archie may have said that. But a bit like, mm. he's, he's kind of a bait of Argyle at the minute. He's doing a, lot of, doing a lot of impressing. The away fans are very complimentary. Um, but um, little in the way of units. Just, Tom, just on that, because if you are in the US yesterday, it was on... Um... ESPN, right? So we didn't have the Argyle TV commentary. And I think it was just after Hardy went off, a very re- well-researched commentator was saying, it's interesting how many people are playing out of their natural positions here. for So Miller, effectively Miller, Mumba, and Bundu are all playing in a position different to what they've historically played in. But I think that's a positive. Because yesterday we were great. Like mm-hmm. I think that's the point around Mumba is that there are times that he can be his explosive, brilliant self, as you've mentioned. But maybe you can't be that every game, like you can in League One, where you can just say, just fly forward all the time. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for the fact that he's had some good games where he's defended well. And hopefully what I hoped happened yesterday 
will happen over the next few games where he'll someone will be like, you've been brilliant, you're fantastic, that happens. Don't worry about it. Should we move it on to Mikael Miller, someone that gets a lot of stick? And Does he? From who? Not on this pod, just on, you know, Pissotti. More on them later. Um, free chat. Um, I thought he was all right yesterday, and I think he's been okay. It's more than okay. Probably 7 out of 10 after post-international break, the last one. Having said that, yet again yesterday, there was a re- stupidly reckless tackle, which and he got a yellow for fairly early on. And it's happening too often. But to balance out a negative with a positive, I think he's done well and he's adapting and they've clearly they've fi- figured out a way of keeping him fit. You know, only one game per week or every seven days. I think he deserves some love, Alex. I just, uh, t- Tom just got up to go and get something I noticed and I, I seem to remember him talking about Mikhail Miller after, I can't remember if it was the Millwall or the Swansea defeat, but... Um, yeah, I directed it at you purposely. <laughs> asked him a lot of questions. I thought Tom had just left in disgust at having to talk about <laughs> yeah. Mikel Miller in a positive light. Um, yeah, no, he's he's sort of those players who's done a bit here and done a bit there. He's had his injuries. He's always seemed like he's got something. He's similar similar to me with Barley. Like going forwards, I'm not so concerned about him. It's defensively sometimes he's a bit of a loose cannon and a bit reckless. And like you say, that yellow card all of a sudden. I mean, I think when a when a fullback or a defender gets a yellow card, I always think that has more impact on a game than people give it credit for, especially if it's a, a physical game where you, you're mm. going to be on the back foot a lot of the time. Um, I don't think he did anything outstanding yesterday. He, he was one of those players who sort of, you know, you didn't notice him a whole lot apart from the yellow card. But I think he's definitely, he's one of the players who's definitely done enough to always be in the conversation when it comes to team selections. There's other players who, again, I'm sure we will move on to later, who perhaps are disappearing from that conversation with every passing week. Yeah, well, let's look at someone who has got their way back into the starting eleven. Dan Scar, I thought his days were numbered. Well, maybe not numbered, but I didn't I didn't see this run of games coming, that's for sure. Mark, goal number two. I'm... Um, Thinking Dan Scarney's have a bit of a look at himself there. Fantastic pass, admittedly, from the Ipswich player, but he's gone for a ball. He's not got it, and he's left uh, Hurst with a clean run through and goal. Yeah, it's uh, Dan Scar's made that into a fantastic pass. Surely, mm. it's a yeah. You can say it's a good pass, but he's he's a defender. He's got to cut it out. That's his job. Like Roy Keane says, that's his job. We concede a bad goal. I don't know if you can say it was a tremendous pass if he knocks it into touch. Tom? Do you get, do you get the point I'm making? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I think it's a bit more balanced than that. I think it's a great pass. It's a great spot. He's on. The, he's got a stretch. He's given him something to do. I don't think it's like um, it's not an unforced error. Um, I think he's got a lot to do. What what I didn't like about it was there didn't seem a lot of he, Dan didn't seem fifth gear to to get it. Is that is that a fair as, assumption of it? It just seemed like half a leg out, um, and, and, quite, and quite and quite resigned was he when when he didn't get it, which I didn't like. Dan was wearing the captain's armband yesterday, and I picked him up. I picked him up on that uh, a few weeks ago with the Swansea goal. 
Um, so that's the second time I've seen that, which I don't like, particularly if he's going to wear the captain's armband. And um, it seems out of character because I'm sure Shuey doesn't give him the armband for fun. Um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm disappointed at that point. It's an error. We're going to make errors, aren't we? I mean, for, we we can't just sit around here and lambast every error we make because we're never going to be error free. But they do seem to be costing us at the moment at key times, and uh, that I can't say that for our opponents. Mark, is that is that fair? I'd just like to explore this point that it was a great pass. It's, if Dan intercepts and puts it into touch, no one will remember that pass because right. Star has done his job. No, it's I a great pass. Mikhail, Mikhail Miller can't pass the ball like that. That's, it that's, is a great pass. And really you can good. tell it's a great pass by the fact that they're, is it Hurst who scores the goal? Mm. Doesn't have to take a touch. His first touch is the shot, isn't it? It's, it's perfect. It, it can be more perfect. I think with Dan Scar, where he, where his problem is, and it was hard to see. I was trying to watch on the on the replays again, and it doesn't show it because because the camera's not on him because it's the ball comes from so far away. But it's his starting positions that, that get him in in funny spots. When he starts in the right place, he's fine. He wins the header. He wins the tackle. He stops the man. I don't know if you remember back to that goal against Birmingham City away, where he was he was stood completely the wrong side of of the guy, and yesterday. From from how they ended up, it seemed that was exactly exactly the same issue. And I think he's perhaps switching off or he's just not considering his positioning quite as much as he could. When he's in the right place, he's, he can do the job he's there to do. But you can't do the job if you're not in the right place to do it. And I think that seems to be the thing with him that seems to be the keep cropping up. And it's cost us points now. You know, he, he does well for 90% of the time, but... There's a few key errors you can go back to, which have led to goals from Dan Scar this season, um, that you know have, have resulted in fewer points on the board than we perhaps otherwise would have got. Tom, yeah, um, I mean it's interesting how we've gone. It's obviously frustrating because we started the piece here saying about how well we did yesterday. It's clearly we've got to give context to the quality of the opposition, how well they've done. So a few people say that they weren't on their game, but I, I don't buy that. I thought it was two very good teams. That's as good. That's as well set up as we've been this season, and in an attacking fashion against a really good side. I took a lot of encouragement from that. It is getting boring, sort of losing points on the errors. Um, yeah. So I, I'm really on the fence about whether to be critical of the individuals who made the errors because it it, it ruined the opportunity to take points from a game that we could have done. So we're kind of letting ourselves down a little bit, but equally, I don't know. I mean. There's a there's a bit of me that because we're so open, scars possibly out of position. Alex, um, you know, I, I, we know the limitations of our players. Yeah, they aren't going to be perfect attackers and perfect defenders. So I feel if we're attacking a bit more, we're compromising. And and football's about luck a little bit, guys. I just think the errors that we made led to goals. It felt unlucky yesterday. I know it's getting boring because it's happening all the time, but just yesterday felt really really unfortunate. It felt like we flipped heads uh, five times having called tails. Having just watched the goal back, that Dan Scar mistake, I am firmly in the Bavarian camp of Mark Lovell. I don't. I think it's a good pass, but if you can't deal with that in the championship, you shouldn't be there. It's not good enough. I think that's it's a fair not- point, mate. I think what's concerning about it is I want the answer to be that he had a funny five minutes and didn't try hard enough because he was trying really hard. All that's doing is just all that's doing is just highlighting his uh, his limitations, isn't it? Yeah, I, you know what I think about this trying. I don't. 
what can we say about it? I I'm not going to question his um, commitment to Argo. I really won't. But I think it's poor, I'm afraid. And as Mark said, I think a mistake kind of makes it look like this world of a pass. It's just not. Um, look, there's a hat trick of mistakes in my book from Argyle yesterday. And the third didn't lead to a goal, but it should have done. Joe Edwards in the whatever 88th minute or so is 2-1 to Ipswich Town. He's one-on-one with the keeper with an XG of 0.67, something very similar. And the keeper has made a good save. He's rushed off his line. He's made a couple of good saves at keeper. Credit where credit's due. But that's a golden opportunity. Joe Edwards has to score in that position. Alex, does he not? No, he doesn't have to score at all. Um, the pass, the ball comes to him. It's not passed to him. He hasn't dribbled it into the box. It takes a deflection off a player. So in real time, that comes at him incredibly quickly. He controls it. He could have done. He could have done better with that first touch. If if you were going to give it to him again and say, Joe, we're going to rerun that. The ball's going to come to you here. Let's have another go. See if you can do better with your first touch. But he's controlled it, and then it's come onto his weaker foot. I think with an on-rushing goalkeeper, and he's managed to get a decent, if not fantastic, shot away. I would have liked him to score. Would have. It's a, it's a high xG opportunity. But I don't think it's the city. It's not two yards out. Goalie's nowhere. Open goal tap in. You've bloomed it over. It's. I, I saw it again, and I think that if he was a if he was a centre forward, maybe. But I don't think. I think it's one of those. Some you know sometimes it just doesn't go for you. And I think there were too many little things in that passage of play that meant it wasn't quite the sitter that people are making it out to be. I'm willing to give Joe right. some slack on this. Let's. Let's cross live to the Joe Edwards fan club president, Tom Kirk. What's your view? I'm glad to hear Alex talking some sense. Um, of co- well, look, of course, I want him to score, and uh, I can't argue with the s- stats. It's a high likelihood of scoring, but um, uh, a couple of points. Joe Edwards was superb yesterday when he came on. He improved us actually. Our best spell was once he came on, even when we went down to ten men. He was he was driving us on. He was linking up passes beautifully. He was being the third man and or allowing the third man runs rather. That's happened a few times this season, isn't it? When our coaching is such that we've got lovely patterns of play and we break into a space, albeit that one was a bit more fortuitous yesterday. But you've got the the, the player making the run. If anybody can see it, you can see what they're trying to achieve. It doesn't come off and then deflects into what they were trying to achieve. And it, all, and it ends up at the wrong man's feet. We've had it with Randall a couple of times, isn't it? We've got great finishes on the ball, but these moves we end up with, sometimes the spare man isn't the one that we want. Um, the, the goalkeeper does as well as the goalkeeper could do. I'm not saying, I'm not in the camp of Archie that he shouldn't score, but the goalkeeper makes that as difficult as he possibly could. Absolutely out like, out like a cat. Um, and yeah, look... Um, Obviously, we'd like to have scored. I, I'm trying to not... I, I don't think Joe's got a re- huge responsibility to score there because, circumstantially, it was rather fortuitous that he was in that position and and scoring goals is hard. I think if you rerun that 10 times, he scores more times than he doesn't. Yeah, I just think it was compounded by all the in, injustice that we, we felt as fans... You know, the potentially game-changing decision, uh, the own goal, 
injuries and we were desperate to get what we felt was our just desserts on the day. It fell to Joe Edwards and it didn't. The goalkeeper, give him credit. He Are we watching a... the same goal? I've just watched this back. Honestly, I'm... it's there. I think hang on, there's, a the here, there's a danger here, There's a danger that we've got 10 excuses coming out. If it's Ben Wayne, we're sending him back to Wellington tomorrow. Yeah, I was gonna... We He's... haven't talked about uh, Morgan Whitaker's goal at we'll any stage. Yeah? We'll get on to that. We're I've, I've got notes on Morgan Whitaker, but this... This, I'm watch. I've watched it back five times, and whilst Alex and Tom and you have been speaking, I, I'm, the keeper. I'll, the credit to the keeper. He's come off the line really quickly, and he's made himself big. Lolly, lolly, lolly. You've got to score, or you. I just can't buy it that it's not. It's, and I know you're probably going to come back at me and say he's not a striker. He's not. A no, I'm just going to come back at football philosophically, Archie. Is that people are going to miss chances? Yeah, what we did yesterday was create good chances, and we didn't take. Them. I'm not going to see a lambast our players week after week because that one didn't. That's like criticizing a misser in a penalty shootout. If we had, had a penalty so, shootout, you'd say he's got to score. They don't score, if, Archie. They don't score. If it's, if it's Ben Wayne, we're lambasting him. That's my point. No, I'm not about that. I'm, there's more to that's a very oversimplified argument. Every penalty is a must score. Yeah. If a po- if that chance is a 0. 0.6 or 0. 0.7, that means if you miss a penalty, we come on here and go, what a bloody useless penalty taker. That will get boring. Yeah. What was good yesterday was we took the game to Ipswich, we gave us lots of opportunities to win the game. When we went to West Brom, when they weren't playing very well, where they sat back, we didn't do that. I'd rather focus on the things that we did do well yesterday, yeah, which were very encouraging. Like I said, we flipped we flipped the coin several times yesterday and it didn't come off for us. Yeah, when we went to West Brom, we weren't flipping any coins. Chris, sorry, I cut you off. I just think we need to take into account the opposition. Um, so I, a couple of my friends are big Ipswich fans, season ticket holders. First thing they said was, you're the best team we've seen here, which is annoying, um, but probably does... Because it's someone I know carries a bit of hope. Um, and the second is their keeper got man of the match in a 3-2 win. Um, it is a decent start. But overall, you don't always get what you deserve, right? We, They were pretty clinical. We missed some chances and had some slip-ups. In the midweek game, we looked ropey. For 30, 35 minutes. Wednesday could have been four or five up and we won three nil. Like a lot of this is about the quality that you're against as much as anything else. In in League One, we might have won two nil. Like it's I, I'm with Tom in terms of not isolating incidents. I'm a big believer in that generally. But I'm also with Archie that when that happened yesterday, rightly or wrongly, you know, I'm not saying it's his fault, but that is a moment that you need to convert if you're gonna be sixth. We're not there yet. If it was um, uh, just to come back at you, Archie, if it was um, if it was Ben Wayne in that position, I'd be delighted that he hadn't just fallen over. First of all, um, I'd be delighted that he was in that position. Um, I don't think that was actually our biggest missed opportunity of of the game. There was actually one where I think it was Cundall broke into the box on the right, and we had two spare men in the middle for, and that would have actually been a tap in. And he just couldn't sort his feet out to pass it across. I don't know. I can't remember if it went to the goalkeeper or it went to a defender. But that was that was a two-yard tap-in. And all we needed was the ball rolled across the box. And he didn't manage to do that. I say, I think it, I think it was Cundall. But whoever that player was, for me, actually, that was a, 
um, that was a bigger should have scored than the Joe Edwards chance. Luke Condal was great yesterday, by the way. And this is what this is. I think the danger we're going on. We're picking out the the handful of moments that a lot of good players, um, you know, would rather have done better in 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 some otherwise fantastic performances. And just come to Mark points on Morgan Whitaker. Yeah, Joe Edwards five, uh, you know, six seven times out of ten will score in that opportunity. Yeah, that's not a concern to me. Uh, Alex Luke Cundall does that again. He makes a different decision. Yeah, that we keep doing that. We'll do well. What you can't teach. What you, what what we're really lucky to have is a player who can do what Morgan Whitaker do, which everybody knows that left back for Ipswich. Leif Davis knows exactly what Morgan Whitaker could do. Morgan did it anyway and found the top corner. Yeah. We if we carry on, we've got a player who can do that, which nobody's going to stop. And these other things will in will will average out. Now we can say, okay, we haven't had any points or whatever, but I, I'm sorry to bang on about it, but we'll go back to West Brom. We didn't do that. Yeah. We haven't had, we haven't been doing it enough for these things to average out. We that was there were no chances really created in that game. If we'd had a game against West Brom like we did against Ipswich and we go to all these away games and create all these chances, these things will even out. But what we do, we've not done it enough. We've done it once and it hasn't worked out against a really good side. We keep doing that. We will be fine. And I've been begging, I've been with you. I went to that Sheffield Wednesday game. I'm thinking, goodness, yeah, we're going to have a really, really tough season. I now know from yesterday that we're as good as Ipswich Town. Yeah, we are on our day. We are as good as Ipswich Town. We can do really, really well this season. So we've got it in the locker. It's just, are we going to rack up up the points we deserve? I know we'll deserve more points. Are we going to rack up the points we deserve? And I think what we're all doing here, we're all in agreement that the performance yesterday was good. I think the debate is how long can we carry on not picking up points, just be satisfied with our performance? My gut feel right now this morning is we carry on for a bit before we start parking the bus and doing anything really desperate because I think we'll get there. Um... And yeah, I want to look at the errors because not that I blame the players, but we're going to have to cut out our errors because it's our errors that are changing the games to give us the results that we don't deserve. I was on board with you. So you, you do want to look at errors now, Tom. So I'm just trying to keep no, up. No, I, I, yeah, I, I don't want to Not a Joe Edwards error, but if it's no, someone else. I don't want to lambast them. we just got to work on it, haven't we? We've got to, we can't just no, yeah, throw, yeah. throw their yeah. efforts in the bin. We, we've got to get to a situation where we remove the opportunity for errors. I don't think we're going to stop our players miskicking it. We need to do things to to, to yeah. make it so that we're not so reliant on those big moments. Yeah. Um, let's go take you back to that West Brom point, which is a very good point, and one that's aged very well over seven days. Just to, just to clarify, you were talking about the point I made, not the point we bagged from the draw. Uh, yeah, just to <laughs> clarify, I am agreeing with you on, on the record. Um, yeah. Essentially, that was looking back at it now. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. A point away against what did Chris Allen call it? The West Brom B team had four strikers out injured. It wasn't great. Yesterday, I appreciate we didn't get one single point, but we were light years ahead of that performance seven days ago. And it comes back to Tom's point, it strengthens Tom's point about going for games, going for the jugular. Yesterday, we did. And, and got, I, and oh, I do, I do appreciate Tom's point about not, and I don't want. To, I'm not going to sit here and snag off Joe Edwards. That's not my point. I do think he should have scored, and I'll, but I'll leave it to rest now. But yesterday, I do feel that we were so much better. Yet there's three key moments where we need to do better, and possibly even more, like Alex has mentioned with Kundal, and that is the frustrating thing. But to bring it back to West Brom, 
uh, yeah, I've, I've done a 180. I think Tom's right. We, in those kind of games, we need to go for it. We can't be in awe of these teams, albeit they're in the Prem, you know, three, four years ago. We need to, we could have, we, if we play like that against them last week, we get more out of that. We score for sure. Fine margins, though. Well, do they, hang on, hang on, just on that. Maybe we lost, we'd lose 3 2. Like, the, when you play like we did yesterday, you're mm. at risk of conceding more goals. Like, I, I know it's a bit stupid to come on a podcast and criticise us for overanalyzing because what else are we going to do, sit here in silence? But on a <laughs> kind of standalone basis as a game, yesterday was an excellent performance. And that doesn't yeah. mean that a nil-nil draw where we battled for it was a bad one. Two, you... two points there, two points there Chris. Two points, Chris. Um, I agree with your point about overanalyzing. When Alex said Barley Mumba needs to not kick the ball in the net, I thought we'd just go home at the end of that. And that would wrap up the part on that basis. Um, but secondly, you, you miss you miss you miss the point about we could lose. Yeah, I didn't I didn't deny that. Yeah, what I'm saying is we do that, we're going to go. We, we've got a chance of between three and zero, not one, and very little chance of three, mm. albeit a lesser chance of zero. Um, Mark, am I um, am I uh, Am I getting? Am I getting through to this? Every point of prisoner thing is that a? That's not our strategy. That's not where we're going to do well, is it? I was going to say it's fine margins again. You know, Whitaker hit the post against West Brom early doors. He rattled the post. Could have gone in to against Ipswich. It went the other side of the post and in. Wednesday he hit the post, stayed out. You know, we're talking. We're not. You know, I. Against Wednesday, maybe things went in our in our favour. They didn't. They certainly are having real trouble um, scoring goals, and we made the most of it. And we got that goal at the right time, a critical time. Um, these are very fine margins we're talking about at the moment. Morgan Whitaker, let's mention him. We've talked around him. We talked mentioned his goal. I think it's fair to say he had a bit of a, not a sticky patch. I think he said himself he was a bit frustrated with himself. However, two and two. That's six goals now, three assists. He's number seven in the championship for goal contributions. So that's a combination of goals and assists. And Argyle are the only team in the top eight to have two players, two players representing them in that list with Hardy and Morgan, albeit occupying place seven and eight. Morgan, you've run out of things to say about him because it's another fantastic goal. But, and I mentioned it a few weeks ago, I don't think we can fully appreciate the pressure that's on him, probably from himself, that he's come back to Argyle and he's got to fulfil this prophecy that Argyle is great, I am going to be great, and it will be like it was before, if that makes sense. And we've got a player that scores seven goals for us in the championship. He's not apparently a striker. If we stay up, it's because of him, or a lot to, down to him, because he's fantastic. There's so many Bellingham comparisons, right? I know that he's not Jude Bellingham, but the, the comparison to me is how they seem off the pitch. Like, this mm. is... He's wise beyond his years. Like, if you watch the the kind of mental health stuff a few weeks ago, like what his girlfriend, fiance went through and how he stuck with her through that, like, this, this is the complete package. Like I, I think it really matters because you can have 
we've all seen creative players that you can build a team around that are complete assholes and probably to the detriment of the team. I think he pulls the team mm. up. Like I think he's, it's an absolute bargain. Again, going back to the Ipswich fan yesterday, he said he is the best player they've seen in opposition. Absolutely. He would stand he's, out. He's 22 years old and I don't want to patronise the bloke, but yeah, he's, what went on with his partner last year with her mental health God knows what January was like from this year. He's had he's had a great time at Derby, but then it went south pretty quickly, and fans did not like him. Swansea, we all know what happened there. A lot has gone on for him professionally and privately in the last two three years, and I I'm completely with you, Chris. He's he seems to be a mountain of an individual, and um, you know he's. I'm so it's, it fills me with that. I don't, I don't know if I can if it means anything to him, but it fills me with pride to see him being the kind of figurehead of this really exciting team because I can't think of a better person. I'm, I'm really excited to see how he uh, develops. Actually, mm, he seems to be a really impressive young man. Tom was talking about his his move, his signature move, cutting in inside onto his stronger left foot. You know, it's. Reminds me a little bit of Iron Robin, who had a mm -hmm. fantastic career. Everyone knew what Iron Robin was going to do for Holland and Bayern Munich every week. Keep him off his left foot. Keep him off. Yeah. But, you know, his quality, I'm really glad to see him. Um, he's come through that little bit of a worrying patch, but he, you know, he's a quality player. And let's hope we can keep hold of him for a bit longer. Mm -hmm. We were talking Absolutely. about um, talking about Bali Mumba earlier. And... I don't know, this might not be the case at all, but seeing players as human beings, and I think as, as fans a lot of the time, we don't really appreciate how much off-the-field stuff affects players on the pitch. Morgan Whitaker really, really wanted to come to Plymouth Argyle. Yeah. He, he knew it was the best thing for him, for his career. It's where he was happy. He was playing good football for his partner. You know, we've heard so much about that. It was interesting to hear that Bali Mumba possibly needed a bit more arm-twisting and um, coaxing down to Plymouth to come back. I think he was mm -hmm. definitely looking elsewhere and we managed to get him for whatever reason. But Morgan Whitaker, I don't think there was really ever any or as much doubt at all that he was going to come back for a number of reasons. And is that perhaps one of those fine marginal differences in the performances that they're putting in, in just being where you want to be and happy and playing your football and and perhaps not being the, the place that you dreamed of coming necessarily. Absolutely that. not. I mean, he's been on record for saying there's a, that Argyle were the only club for me. After January, That's I told my agent that's what I wanted. And I know we've heard it all before, but I think there's something to this one. And he really wants to be here. He really wants... And he knows he's been through the trauma of leaving. He knows how lucky he is to be at a club which value him. He, we value, he values us and so on. The manager knows him. And he's it's just great. And... I think we just can't underestimate it to have him firing Morgan Whitaker up front. Hey, look, one more person I want to touch on before we wrap up for a break. Finazaz. We knew he was good. He had a good season last season. I say good, not great, because after his injury, it's kind of widely appreciated that he wasn't quite the same for whatever reason. However, this season, he's probably been our player of the season thus far. He's been outstanding. And we've seen the Finn of old pre-injury against Shrewsbury. Almost a year to the day, to the day actually. Tom, you're a big Finazaz fan. What a guy! I am this season. Um, I saw all the pretty stuff last year, but actually, I think down at the business end, I wasn't sure. 
Um, and then when he came back after his injury, like you say, shadow of the player. And then what we're asking him to come back, get through that and make a step up. And boy, he has. Um, he's been really good. Interesting, he said player of the season. I was I was thinking that yesterday, but it's really, <laughs> Mark was saying about marginal calls. That is really quite marginal because I think there's a few candidates there, Jordan Houghton, Lewis Gibson at the other end, um, all making good cases, no real standout. And actually, I think Morgan Whitaker yesterday, by the way, we talked about in the signature move, cutting on the inside, but Morgan's all-round game yesterday was stunning. I'd be interested. It's probably another pod to talk about how we don't get that every week. But um, yeah, Finn's really cut out for this level, isn't he? He's dangerous. I thought Ipswich put more bodies on him than Kundal yesterday, which gave Kundal a bigger opportunity, which is good. And maybe even Shui saw that coming because he had both of them on. Um, Finn's really good at breaking up a game where he, he does actually better, I think, when people are closing in on him. He's superb at getting out of that space and making something. Um, I'm excited and I'm disappointed we didn't buy him. I obviously didn't know if that was an opportunity, but I think we did a pod, Archie, one of our earlier ones was, do we even have him back? Maybe loan, see how it goes before we spend, you know, a, a commodity for us, which is cash. But um, goodness, I'd love him to be a player of ours. We, he's going he's gonna to grow. We definitely um, explored that option. It's in the public domain. I think Finn admitted it and Shuey as well at that um, evening down in Cornwall. Argyle looked into getting him on a permanent and it for whatever reason he didn't specify it um obviously didn't come to pass and we've got him on loan and I'll do fine for this season and I think that's where we'll park things for part one in part can I just two ask you, uh, can I just yeah, ask Alex, you a slightly I'll... facetious before we finish part one Archie can I just oh, put a slightly facetious question out to the group Morgan Whitaker January transfer window what's what's the what's the lowest amount you're going to let him go for He's not 12 going. million. Goodness. If our, um, if our season hinges on him as our, as our talisman. How much, do, it depends on how much does the club lose from going down? That's the price tag. Every, every, everyone's got a price, right? Yeah. Goodness. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a real ponderer. Um, don't know. There's, there's loads of factors in that. Does he want to go? What the sell-ons, where we are in the league. Does he keep us up anyway? Uh, Poor. Yeah, I kind of yeah. hope we Doesn't don't get that offer, Alex. Really, no, 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 I really don't know. Offer the Michael Cooper well. instead is what I would say. No, um, I would, I would, I'd agree. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. look, we'll, conti- we'll continue that debate in part two because we need to think about how we're going to look up front. And Bundu and Hardy are out. So that's where we'll pick up from in part two. Back in a bit. All right, welcome back to part two. Now, we're always open to feedback here. And in the week, we got a bit of feedback saying, your last pod was so depressing, I had to turn it off. Um, I'm not sure this part will be much better because yesterday, Ryan Hardy and Mustafa Bundu went off, both clutching their hamstrings. And I can't escape the feeling 24 hours on that that is potentially season-defining. We're recording on a Sunday. We do not know what the extent of the injury is. I imagine we will first thing Monday or on Monday at some point. I think it's safe to assume we don't see them until the end, until we return after the next international break. Currently, it's Ben Wayne and Freddie Asaka, I believe. And I think Terry Wright is a striker. Not quite sure. Point being, we are light. We are light up front, Tom Kirk. And we've got a game, luckily, not on Tuesday or Wednesday. We've got seven days until our next game. And again, quite lucky we haven't got any midweeks coming up until after 
international break. How does Shuey solve this? Because it is a tough one, isn't it? Just quickly, Archie, we're so Plymouth as a podcast. You're, you're so that guy's living in your head rent free. That one, that one negative comment amongst the many positive uh, feedbacks we get. And I've seen just acknowledging him. Just good. acknowledging him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Haters gonna hate, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's we don't know about the extent of the injuries today, but you know it was enough to bring Ryan Hardy very off very early in a game where we wouldn't have wanted to, and then and to play with ten players, so clearly not good. We've done lots of talking about how we're understaffed in that area. It's got similarities to last year. Do you remember we went out and bought all those players in January, and then the player that got injured was 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 Scar and Cooper, where we didn't have backup. We've no. flipped that round, and now the strikers are getting injured. You know, um, our our bread's landing jam side down at the minute you know and that is getting dull positives um Middlesbrough are going to come down um and play they've turned their season around they're winning a lot of games albeit I know they lost yesterday so they're not invincible they are they play with a lot of possession they're probably a bit like Southampton in that they take more possession than your average team to get a goal so they're going to hog the ball I don't think we're going to be um trying to go toe-to-toe with them on that, even though it's at home. I think we might see something like similar that we've got with Norwich, maybe with five at the back. We might have to play five at the back if we've got no centre-halves. Center, and yeah, it would have been great for Ryan Hardy to have tried to beat that line. Um, but yeah, I'd imagine we're not going to see him. So we're going to have to come up with something. Um, I, <laughs> you've, you've come to me, mate. I'm, I don't know. I'm, um, I'm interested to speculate whether we're... We're better off playing, you know, Ben Wayne, who's, who, let's be honest, has not impressed, albeit with a few minutes. Um, Isaka, you know, barely finished school. And Chris made a really good point earlier about Shui not being afraid to play people out of position as long as they're doing a job and doing what's instructed. So uh, poor, it could be any one of those things. Um, I don't know what all, I mean, should we just ask what everybody would like to see? Mark, what would you like to see with, with the facilities that we've got? Let's assume Bundu and Hardy are not available. Okay, so we're talking about games against Borough and Leeds. Okay, Leeds. Mm. Concentrate on Borough. Next game, always the most important. I want to see Isaka on the bench. And let's, if Hardy and Bundu are bollocksed, let's go for um, Luke Cundall or Whitaker in an advanced role. And uh, have a specific game plan for beating Borough. So just, just for the, and just, for the tape, on the bench. just for the time, you're suggesting Morgan or Cundall as a striker, as the most advanced player. I'm not talking, you know, as the most advanced player. We're all about systems. Shuey knows it better than me. They'll work on something for Borough. Um, you can call it a striker if you want, but most advanced player. If that's uh, that's uh, that's not a vote of confidence for Ben Wayne, is it? Anyone want anyone want to wave a flag for Ben Wayne? I will. It so we've signed him based on his goal record, right? When he actually plays full games, he scores, or he has scored, and. We've talked a lot about in the first half of this around how important the mental state of players is off the pitch. And all, I mean, unless the guy's off social media, he's just become the scapegoat for everything that is not his fault. I'm not, I'm not saying he'd be a success, but I think it's ridiculous to sign somebody and base them on the judgment 
or base all judgments on substitute performances and other things. Like I, early days, Ryan Hardy used to score brilliant goals and then look shit, and he's up this game. What's to say? Like at some point, put it this way: if he doesn't get a start, it's an admission that we made a mistake. At, I think you should, having, I think you should give him a go. Having Ben Wayne up front is probably the least risky approach in terms of it keeps everything else the same. We can play this 4-3-3. Quick sub point on that. I think we're looking a lot better in that formation. We didn't touch on it in part one. It's looking it's looking good, I would say. But Back to the striking problem. If we keep that formation of 4-3-3, which we've had in the last three games, and it's looked good, then Wayne is a straight just, swap for, for Hardy. And just to add to that, I'm also going to acknowledge that whenever he has come on with the amount of time, he's looked completely out of his depth. But I don't know whether that is his fault. I, it, it almost, To me, it looks like he's trying too hard and someone needs to say, calm down, poach goals. And that means you need to create a system that allows him to poach goals because that, I believe, was his background and give him a go. Get behind him. I think that Crystal Palace game, all right, it wasn't full-strength Crystal Palace. It wasn't beating Crystal Palace. It was fairly mixed. But he was a spare man in a in a flat attacking midfield four. I'm, I'm hearing all these points here, and obviously oh, back with whatever Shuey thinks, but he needs to. Be, the system needs to suit him. We can't throw him in to do Hardy's job. It's not going to work. Um, he does, you know, he looks lightweight. I mean, that's that's Arkham's razor, but he does. Um, uh, he he can finish. He feels like he needs to be away from his man to be effective. So we need to build something around that. I hear your point, Archie, about actually do we do we you know putting Whitaker up front actually does that then that stops him doing what he's most effective at. So actually just keeping the other ten in their role. You know we played well with ten men yesterday. Um, the feedback wasn't it from Ipswich fans or the away fans this season is how well coached we are. They would say you look you look a little bit lacking in star players, but you're well coached. So um, that's our big. That's one of our biggest strengths. I'm not sure we will see the four at the back, Archie, at home. I think our strength is that Shuey is better than most at going away and doing his homework aside and come up with a plan. Um, mm. I'm not sure he's... I'd like him to be a bit more confident in our quality sometimes, but obviously Norwich was perfect. And that revolved around putting a system where we had three on two against their centre halves. So... I think you're going to remember when you play five at the back, Archie, you know, to get a bit technical, but the, 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 the wide players are further in. Yep. So they're tens rather than wide players. Okay. That kills the Morgan hugging the touchline to try and get his left foot piece, which has almost clearly been a very deliberate strategy of the last three games to try and get a goal that way. Um, but if, if he's going to need support, he's going to need a Zaz and Whitaker around him causing, causing problems. I, I agree against Norwich. Actually, Hardy was contributory to, being being the menace but you know um yeah i i don't it's hard to call what we'll see because we're almost gonna have to completely rebuild the plan around that the, those, those personnel choices mm. alex i don't know what you think um i think it's got to be morgan whisker through the middle we've got we've got options for people either side we, we, we can fill those gaps no problem we can move him um him through the middle i we, we've been talking about you know how long have we got this is after a couple of uh, poorer performances we've been saying how long have we got to sort this out you know we're going to end up being in trouble we don't have 
enough time to wait and see if Ben Wayne is going to turn into a championship striker. I, I Everyone always prefaces it with, I really want to see him do well. I've seen it all over the internet. I've seen it in conversations. I want to see him do well. Of course we do. He's a nice kid. But for me, he's not a championship striker. And I can't see... So you, you go back to talking about Hardy and he, he was hot and cold and he'd score a goal. But Hardy, you always knew what was going to make him dangerous. It was his pace on the shoulder. Other players, you know, it might be the way that they can hold the ball up and lay it off. I just don't see what his USP is. I can't see what area of his game is going to develop to turn him into a dangerous striker. He's like 6.5 out of 10 across the board in every aspect of his game. But nothing, nothing for me is showing that it's going to push on. And I just don't think, I just don't think he has the qualities needed to score goals or create goals in the championship I can't see it happening this season. Maybe he needs a loan. We don't have the luxury of being able to send him out on loan at the moment. Um, but for me, Morgan through the middle, somebody else either side of him is, is how we're going to win football matches without without those two potentially injured players. I'm, I'm a big fan of giving honest feedback, even if people think it's harsh and everybody's thought it was a bit of a pile on Ben Wen. But we've talk, talked, Archie, just at the beginning of this pod, we've talked about his scarf at this level. We've managed to try and contrive some praise for Mikhail Miller, which I've let I've let go, but whatever. And <laughs> and 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 um you know I, I see and at the other extreme of that I see you know idiots on social media thinking that Ryan Hardy's not suitable for this level. Right. That's nonsense. But if people are thinking that players like that aren't suitable to this level then then Ben is nowhere near ready. And we we need to own up to that. And we're gonna find out, aren't we, if those two are injured and Ben is not starting the game. If he is starting the game, that's his opportunity. I actually think he's had a lot of opportunity. People have said, oh, you know, he hasn't had a chance or whatever. Well, he's not been good enough to earn himself a chance. He came into our league one team and couldn't, you know, put Sam Cosgrove or Niall Ennis further down the pecking order. I'm not having that. I think he's had opportunity. And if this is an opportunity, he's not going to get another one. Well, let's let's look at the roster, the squad. Bundu and Hardy out. That leaves us with Ben Wayne, Tariq Wright and Freddie Osaka. Chris... If you're Shuey, and we're sticking with this formation, the four-three-three, and you, you're keeping Morgan out wide, which one of those three are you starting against Middlesbrough? Wayne. All right, Mark. We've also got Callum Wright to come back in. You know, so I go not, back to the not original. A, not a, crucially, not a striker. The the system will be everything against Borough, one game at a time. Let Shuey work on something to beat. Michael Carrick's Burra. All right. And that would include not Tariq Wright, not Ben Wayne, and the, the other guy that you mentioned. Freddie Osaka. Callum Wright, Callum Wright might be an option. Who knows? Freddie Osaka? I said already he was on the bench. All right, not starting. No, a bit early to start. Archie, what do you think? I think we've got to start Ben Wayne or Morgan. It's, for me, it's Morgan up front. Uh, and I, I mean, I, as Alex said that out loud, I'm thinking, what are we basing that on? And I'm with Alex. I'm not, you know, hanging out to dry here. I, I, I'm sharing opinions to Alex when I was critiquing myself, thinking, what, what, has Morgan ever played up front? What are we basing that on? I don't, I'm not sure. I really don't know. I have to go away and do my homework. Um, but, you know, I don't. we can't rip up the rule book for one game or, you know, or two games. For me, it's getting to the next international break, then we reassess. Essentially, it's getting to January, if we're being really honest, because we have squad depth issues and they've come come to the fore here. Huge issues. 
think we all talked about before. We have to pick the best team. Yeah, pick your best mm-hmm. team. Yeah. So, is Ben Wayne? Ben, sorry, Ben Wayne in your best team? Hmm. Yeah, but so, we don't have the option now. That's the point. Let's That's what anyone uh, to beat has anyone has anyone got triggers number? <laughs> Henri of the West Country. <laughs> Might be free transfer time. Yeah, I mean. That's an option. Who knows? I mean, if we get a free transfer in, it's it sends a message to Ben Wayne, doesn't it? Look, I think January is going to be huge. I know it's end of October, but it's going to be a huge month for us, and because we desperately need more bodies in up front. The fact, look, the fact of the matter is, the three strikers we've got left remaining, none of you want to start, or apart from yeah, Chris, I, just 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 my last point on it. I, if we'd kept Jepcott, I'd be playing him. I mean, again, I, we haven't seen him at this level, but I mean, I, I've, I've seen more in him than than Ben Wayne. Over now. Jeff Scott was on loan at Swindon, who I believe had a buy clause in his loan, and they chose not to activate it. League Two, Swindon. Not relevant, mate. You're asking me about whether I would start Jeff, Jeff Cott or Ben Wayne. You're I mean, ben what, what, I, what I'm what I'm throwing the what I'm what I'm throwing the shade at here is that we've not recruited well in that position, and it's come back to bias. Yeah, there I'm with you. There I'm with you. Um, I, no one's going to be turning off this week. It's really positive. No one's going to be turning off. Right. I'll tell you what will be positive. <laughs> Part three, as we come back for a quiz and a ball competition update. Do not worry. It has not gone away. Just take a wee pause. Back in a bit. All right. Welcome back to part three. Quick giveaway update for you. We're aware we are. Uh, there was nothing for Ipswich. Fear not. It's coming back in all its glory for Middlesbrough. So what do you need to do? Predict the first goal scorer and the final result. And like and retweet the latest pod post. That is it. Short and sweet. Chris Allen, this week you are pod, uh, pod? quiz master. Pod master. Pod. I like that. Pod master. You're quiz master on the pod. Um, over to you. I've got my notes on my phone. I've got a bit of paper. So I was I did want to play a game of Hallett's Hallett, like Mallet's Mallet, but then I realized it'd be rubbish. But I do want to say the word Hallett Hallett on air. Um so I've gone I, I've gone the other way. I've done Argyle cryptic crossword clues. Right? I know you do And I'm yeah. thinking the point system is you get two points if you get one. But if you say I know it and you get it wrong, I'm going to take one off. Make sense? No. Can you so I'm going to give you a clue. Right. So I'll give you a clue. Here's an example. Most of them are based on players' surnames, right? Because if you do it on the full name, it's impossible. So cryptic crossword clue, Argyle player's surname. So let's pick. It's a good one to start with, I've got to say. So release grandma. Is the first clue. Release grandma. Release grandma. Right. So, are you, are you giving? Are you? When is it what's another word? Think of some words You giving the number of letters? You giving the number nana. of letters? I will do nana. it if you need, over a period Granoff. of time. Yeah. Nana. So, yeah. Well, nan. 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 If you were releasing her, she might have been tied up. So, tie nan. nan. Tie nan. nan. See. Tie oh, nan. Jesus. Oh. It's the Tyler. wrong holder. Oh, 
That is it's a cryptic clue. Right, they're not all that stupid. Cryptic. Or hard. They're cryptic. Right. Jesus. Right. right. Okay. Let's this go. is great. Okay. So look, I'll start with some more straightforward ones. <laughs> Tiny. Are we just shouting it out, or are we going round? Like, I'll keep. I'll I keep think you. I think you need to I'll say keep... I've got it. Or shouts. Shouts, Timar. If you know the answer. All right, let's go. Come on, let's go. I'll keep, I'll keep, I'm going to keep score. Let's go. He's had a meaty career. <laughs> what's, what's another word for meaty? Or a career involving meat, even. Oh, butcher, butcher. Matt Butcher. Oh, yes. Points for Tom, see? I'm in meaty career. Okay. All right. But the career, that got me. I thought career was part of it. You see the same meaty? A meaty career is a butcher. That's actually one of the best clues. Oh, it's downhill from here. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, we've already had Tommy Tynan. I see what you mean. The occupate, yeah. Slow. This one's quite Times-esque. Coleridge's sailor picked for England. Oh, um, Mariner. Mariner. Mariner, yes. I'm having that. That's, Alex, sorry, you're having that as well. I've, I've got a lead, playing? and now I'm going to play. I'm going. I've got the lead, and now I'm going to play for the draw. Um, Slow it down. <laughs> not on, in the east. A point for that. I think yeah, he's west. scoring it. Three by west. Oh, <laughs> but I didn't get the end out. Yeah, Archie, you can have that. Not in the east, where they are very old. Was the uh, complete. I'm <laughs> Kirk. I'm coming for you. Let's go. Um, 365 wins. 365 wins. I've got a, Mark is the most likely to get this player based on previous quizzes. Is that Goodyear? Is that, <laughs> is that the... It is, but I'd like a first name. Clive. I think I think I think Mark gets that. Um, number one maker of barrels, Michael Cooper. Oh, yes, yes. Mm. <laughs> this one's my personal favourite. <laughs> Almost at a famous bridge. Almost, Christian Timar. Yes! Oh, I almost so. almost <laughs> a Tamar Bridge, see? Oh, Nick, mind, I, I, thought, I found no. my future in this. Just a quick recap. Alex has got four, Mark's got two, Archie's got two, and I also have four. Four? Crikey. I got the first right, two. Okay. Um, for me. I Archie, like the easy editing. Do you want me to leave the rude ones till the end? Yes. <laughs> yeah? All right. Hang on. Um... They can break your arm, Queen. Queen. <laughs> oh, they can your... break your arm. What do you say that um, to? Um, break a break. Maybe a, it's just break, me. Break your. They can break your arm. I don't know. Someone strong. No, I was thinking about break a leg. Queen. 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 Owned by the Queen. They can break your arm. Owned by the Queen. I dreamt up this one. Uh, 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 tap out. Four yeah, letters. Tap out on that one. 
Four letters. We we played someone a bit like this and we're rubbish and lost a few weeks ago. Ooh, they can break your arm. Is this just something my parents said? I I thought this was like a universal thing. (laughs) Four letters. Queen owns them. They can break your arm. Dogs. Dogs. Did we not do- dogs? No. <laughs> but <laughs> mate, I thought about her little. No. You're on. Yeah. Corgi. Corgis. Uh, no. You're not going to break your toenails, are you? A they? white bird. Dove. Swans. Do- Swans. One. One. I think Thank Mark you. got that. Uh, it was never ever specified that we need both. I think. Uh, Tmart Swan. So actually, I've won it because no one said team Mark. Oh, there true. you go. Uh, my scorecard says Mark got it, but carry is on. it not a well, thing that they can break your arm? Is that only my parents? If I ever saw a yeah. swan, they'd be like, "Watch out, it could break your arm." Yeah, never heard, heard it before. before. Yeah. Sorry, never heard it before. We gotta just pack it, pack it until it until it breaks. Uh, right, this one is both the clue is their whole name, if it helps. <laughs> I stole your big fat pen. <laughs> I stole, I stole so, your as a clue, start with thinking of types Nicky of Marker. pens. Yes! Oh! oh yeah. <laughs> That's a stunning clue and answer. Um, very, very parochial one. Fake plastic trees down the pub. This, this requires very, very specific local knowledge of Plymouth. Oh, it's a cherry tree. So, Steve Cherry. Yes! <laughs> For those of you that don't know, the cherry tree does have a fake plastic tree <laughs> in the bar. Um, the floor is clean, but flooded. Floor is clean but flooded. Stonebridge. Oh, no. Ian. No. No. I'm half tempted to give it to you if you can explain why you said that. It wasn't the one that I thought of. <laughs> what did you use to clean the floor in the old mop. days? Mop or a mop. Keep going. We haven't got Broom. a fair called mop. Oh, Ryan Brew. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes! See? What's that got to do with flooded? Oh, he did the Bolton. slide in the pitch. Yeah. Your favourite ever game. Oh. oh, I'm getting. Oh, this this one's really hard. No, I might not even do it because it's too hard. The others have been so easy. Jesus. Yeah, I'm going to miss that one out. Um, <laughs> my this one's a bit harsh, actually. My aperture broke in Ipswich. You know what an aperture is? It's that on the camera. Oh, Finucci, broken it. Switch. Yes, Tima. Kamara. Well, <laughs> is is Tima no longer a rule, or is it? Uh, we never had it. We just we just think you'll give the answer to Tima. Peter Capaldi. Germanic tribes are rarely late. Saxon early. Yes. Oh. 
is too highbrow for me. Sorry. I knew that one. I knew I, I knew he must be coming somewhere. His name's too yeah. much of a, a <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like this. written a list of people's names that sound like clues. Um, don't fall in the moat. TMR Steve Castle. Yeah. I hope that was conforming to the rules, Archie. So I get three points for that. Yeah, well done, Mark. Just, just by the way, I've got this as me, Mark, and Alex have all got eight points, and you've got two, Archie. I know you're okay, going to feel massively hard done by there, but I'm, I've got I'm, I've got I'm a lot of not done it to wind you up. I've got a lot of assesses. <laughs> that that means know. that means that my two not fit for broadcast ones are going to decide who wins. I would um, say I'm the finazaz of this pod. Right, you ready? <laughs> Caught goosing a million pound youngster. Timor Bally Mumba. No. Goosing. Caught goosing a million pound youngster. A million pound youngster. Mumba Whitaker. Dan Gosling. Pound. Dan Gosling. Yes. <laughs> oh, good. Well done. See what you've done there. I thought it was going to be dirty. It. Sorry, I was. I was. Uh... Well, goosing's not. Is goosing allowed? That's good news. Um, I might get in contact with the club and see if I can do one in the program. I'm not sure they'd let you, mate. After that, I'm not sure those last <laughs> no. two, is, those last two are getting in. The other, the other, uh, the other twenty are getting in. They were great. Okay, I'll keep the others out. No, that was that was very enjoyable. You're more than welcome to return to that role next week. Um, all right, guys, should we leave it there? That was enjoyable, hopefully bearable for Passati. Um, nice one, Chris. What are our predictions for next week? Quick round, Chris Allen. Nil nil. Alex? I think we're having a great season. I think we're going to win 2-1. 2-0. Uh, Early goal, late goal. Four. Argo. Okay, very good. Mark Lovell? 3-1 to Argo. Surprisingly enough. Who's who's scoring? First goal scorer, um, I will reveal nearer to the time on Twitter to do with the um, ball competition. But off the top of my head, I'd go for Pleguefuelo. Ooh, nice. Return for Pleguefuelo. Just, just for those of obviously, we have our little chat group. My absolute highlight yesterday was Alex saying, Tom, are you taking a point at half time? And Tom saying, I'll tell you later. <laughs> how many, how many half times do you want? Cop out. Cop out. <laughs> The Kirk 180. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We'll be back with you very, very soon for what is quite possibly our biggest pod yet. 